Amanda. Hey, Tommy. Hey, I think I want to be an actor. Oh, that's really going to hurt your assassin's career. No one's supposed to know about that, um, but it's true. Just like our friend Bill Hader on Barry? Absolutely like Bill Hader on Barry. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about today. And can we talk about... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I can't work for you anymore, all right? You gotta find someone else. Well, do you know any other assassins? No. Well, what do you want me to do? Go to John Wick Assassin Hotel with Help Wanted Sign? I mean, what? You got good guys right here, man. Oh my God, my guys suck balls, you know it. Especially this motherfucker right here. If I suck balls, you are king of suck balls, Mountain. Shut the fuck up. Ah! What if I train your guys? They already have physical trainer. They have like three. Not at a gym, I'm talking about, I'm a Marine, all right? I could teach him how to shoot, combat skills. I don't have to kill any more debt paid. You give me army. You would turn these pumpkins into Cinderella's overnight, huh? You could take over Burmese Mafia. Go back to 50-50 with Cristobal. Or you just take the whole thing for yourself. 50-50 with Cristobal. I like the sound of that. Can we talk about Barry? Yes, we need to talk about Barry. This was a show I was late to the game for, and you convinced me to watch it, and I watched it so freaking fast. I know. Well, it's funny, because I feel like the two HBO shows that were chasing each other to the finish line was this and Succession, which ended on the same night, and you marathoned both shows. Both of them. I just wanted to fit in. Yeah. (laughs) I really did. What did you think? Okay. Of Barry. When did you start it? And when did, I mean, you finished it around the finale, but when did you start it? We started it same time as Succession. Oh, okay. we watched more of Barry together. Yeah. So we were really into it. But you know what? To kind of parrot what you were saying when we were playing Good Cop, Bad Cop to the Ted Lasso episode, yeah. it was so digestible. Where Ted Lasso's final season, very supposed to be very happy and blah, blah, blah. Took us a long time to get through. But like yeah. Barry was just like, even though the, it was so fucking dark. Yeah. It was just, I love the way that this show ended and we'll get there. Yeah. But like I could watch a hundred more seasons of this yeah. show. Give me every spinoff. Everything. Yeah. I want everything. <laughs> Speaking of that, by the way, and again, I'll dive right into the deep end with some like fun facts. There's like the pseudo sort of theme song to the show. Yeah. Which is Change for the World by Charles Bradley. That appearing over the word, the title card, Barry, in all the other seasons, except for season four. When it got dark, they just said, screw it. And they pulled it like they they weren't real. I I don't even know why I didn't notice. Maybe I did notice that, but didn't realize what a big deal it was. Yeah. Like now. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Bill Hader has been a real open book when it comes to talking about the show and the way he developed it. Him working with Alec Berg, who, who by the way, and it's really funny because Alec Berg is a guy who has worked on a lot of t- TV shows in the past. He wrote for Conan O'Brien. He produced Seinfeld back in the 90s. There is a style 
to the way that this guy like produces like the signature HBO feel that he's just really good at. He did uh, Silicon Valley, which was another show that I, I highly recommend. Did you ever watch that show? Sure. Freaking did from okay, day good. one. Yeah. I loved that show. Love Silicon Valley. But there was like a certain like HBO style of like hooking you at the end of the episode where you're like, oh, I have to watch the next show. I have to I have to watch yeah. the next episode that he brought to this too, which I really thought was great. But I feel like I'm all over the place in the beginning. But I will say like Bill Hader has given so much insight into this on other podcasts and interviews, like how he wrote this show and came up with stuff. And there was one thing that stuck out to me that I only heard recently where like the tone of the show, that balancing of like that dark humor or not even dark, the balancing the humor with that darkness. I'll, I'll put it that way. That's a better yeah, that's way of much saying better. it. Uh, there was something they did where they were like doing something really dark. And then the next scene that would come would be a, like something funny. They're like, Oh, we can't do that. That's too jarring. And then they did it and it worked. They're like, oh, oh, wow, that worked. Okay, I guess that could be the tone of the show. They almost like fell into it about like doing something That's really amazing. dark. And- I would never have guessed that. It felt so calculated yeah. in a good way. Not like we talked about again in our previous episode. I will say this bold statement because we all know how much I was loving my Ted Lasso journey. Yeah. <laughs> Zero pandering. Yeah, in the show. Absolutely. Zero. Yeah. Not not an instance that I think you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to go there. Yeah. It was so yeah. like you've previously said, it was so tight. Every yeah. episode, every season, every I how can you take a person like Hank yeah. and make him as fucking ridiculous in the very best way? Yeah. And I mean, everything he does is hilarious. It doesn't matter yeah. what he's doing. Like putting on wigs and coming to Lululemon looking like a fucking yeah. Ken doll <laughs> and saying, I'm going to me, kill you. Hank. In, and you're truly scared of that person who looks so ridiculous. Yeah. They did it so perfectly. It was like, a, yeah. I saw somebody in an article, I think it was a mental floss article said like, it was the most beautiful dance mm-hmm. between a very dark show, ridiculous mm-hmm. things and yeah. comedy like the, it never crossed the line too far into one direction yeah it was a perfect balance yeah and i know that you loved the sh- everything loved it. about it so I, you know what it was and and this is where i have a real appreciation and I, I don't view myself as some like ultra nerdy film buff you know criterion collection kind of per like that's not me i have respect for film, I have respect for creators who who respect it. And Bill Hader is the kind of guy who very much respects the medium and very much respects everything about it. And that's, to me, it comes out through this show a lot. Like you can see all the cinematography that went into this show. For those that don't know, Bill Hader got into directing through this show. And I believe the final season, he directed every episode. And it's like Quentin Tarantino. The final yeah. episode. It yeah. felt like a Tarantino movie. Oh, it was great. But like to the point of the writing, like you were saying, right? Which is Noho Hank, which by the way is like, oh my God. I just, just cut right there. Yeah. Greatest character. Come on. Him. It was incredible. First off, Anthony Carrigan, who, who plays Noho Hank is amazing at what he does, but that tied with the amazing writing. Yeah. He is both like the funniest character, but also you have, feelings for him like you you like his relationships and the emotions he draws out he is the most gut-wrenching character like emotionally because you're both rooting for him 
but he's also like one of the worst yeah. human people there. And that's the, that's like a vibe for the show in general of like, Agreed. you know, you know, Barry Berkman, Bill Hader's character is the guy that you're sort of rooting for. And then Bill Hader's come out before too. And he's like, I have to remind people like he's a bad guy. Like he murders Not people. to me. Yeah. He sends emojis. <laughs> His emoji text messages are like some yeah. of my favorite moments. Yeah. <laughs> they did mention about like balancing the comedy and like the absurdity with within this world. I mean, you know, there's there's an episode where he's trying to get a bomb to work and he's on, you know, customer support, customer support, customer support for the <laughs> bomb app. So good. The bomb detonation app. And so there's like that mixed with, you know, it's all over the place, but in a oh good way. Oh my God, way. the scene where he's got semi-automatic rifles strapped yeah. to his sides, walking through a, like a toy aisle. It's oh, like yeah. you just, <laughs> I mean, is it ridiculous and insane? Yeah. You're watching it. You're like, oh my God, that would never happen. It happens. Yeah. This is the world we live in today. And it it's like you said, both ridiculous and like, oh no, that's this. And it works. Yeah. It's believable and it works. Yeah. To me, that's the big standout is, is every single scene. And, and it's kind of funny because when we talked about Ted Lasso, I did a lot of contrasting between this and, and Ted Lasso. Yeah. I think Ted Lasso, it's a story, right? Like I think they were trying to tell a story of, of mm-hmm. people and characters and go very broad. Right. And, and develop almost a universe around these people. This is like, you know, to steal from from a, a phrase plus a YouTube channel is like every frame is a painting. There is a, wow, so much good. that goes into that's this. It's really good. Yeah. And I think, it. you know, there's the season two episode, Ronnie Lilly, which to back up a second. So Bill okay. Hader directed the first three episodes of the first season. OK. And then we go into season two. And then the first episode he, he directs is Ronnie Lilly, which is not a bottle episode necessarily, but maybe it kind of is, but it's this own little island of an episode. Do you remember that episode before I- before I'm trying I, to think, no. So this is the episode where Barry tries to kill Ronnie, who's the Taekwondo master. Oh my God, yes. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the, okay. The episode yes. that feels like a fever dream. That one felt like Napoleon Dynamite 2.0. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Rex it, it has that, yeah, absolutely. And there's so much- chaos and and anxiety and like the girl who plays lily which is like the little girl uh ronnie's daughter is is like forget the word they used but she's like animalistic you know she's like literally jumping on the roofs of of houses and it's just a great i mean that alone if you just threw someone into the deep end and said hey just watch this one episode of this random show just going in the cinematography behind it the absurdity the like elevation of like the scenario getting worse and worse and worse <laughs> and all of it. I mean, it's just great. I mean, the fact that they're trying to like stitch up his wounds with super glue at one point. I, um, you know what I thought about that episode is like, I'd be an awful assassin. I already know that I would apologize. I'm like, I would be the worst assassin, but all of that ridiculous, like panic nature is like yeah. that's real life if we all tried yeah. to be assassins. Like it would be a wreck. There would be it would be a disaster. Yeah, but first right, look, we got we got to back up because we went way okay. way into. I the know deep it's end. so hard not to though. I just want to go over the main cast because uh, it's great. And then I mean I feel like at this point we don't need to explain what the show is. We just needed to explain that it was created by Bill Hader. I've actually read the pilot script for this, which just very little had changed from 
the initial script into the into the pilot. But you have Bill Hader, who plays Barry Berkman, mm-hmm. who is a, as it's described, a depressed former private first class from the Marines. He served in Afghanistan. And then he, well, and I forgot this because this is like sort of disappeared for a while, but like his name is Barry Berkman. And then he uh, takes the stage name Barry Block. Oh, Barry Block. Yeah. I forgot, I forgot He makes the Facebook page under Barry Block. <laughs> yeah. Then you have his his handler, the guy who sort of worked behind the scenes for, him, for all his like hitman jobs, which is uh, Fuchs which is played by Steven Root, who I love so much. Steven Root's entire career. Uh, I saw someone ask a question. Someone asked the question to Bill Hader in an interview, one of those like press junket things, because apparently, I guess famously, Bill Hader does hates press junkets. And, like, I don't the blame them. Interviews. They look awful. And it is funny because you you think about it, and you, especially as we talk about this, about how much effort he puts into this and when it comes to filmmaking he has a respect for the art and he's and he's good at what he does and then people get up and they ask him like so what made you choose Stephen Root he doesn't have a lot of comedy and and they basically tried to say like Stephen Root hadn't done comedy and he's like like what like office space and king of the hill and like like news radio like most of his career i was gonna say you mean like the most popular comics yeah, yeah he's never done them you're right you're right right <laughs> they just threw it out there like oh he hasn't really done a lot of comedy has he it's like that's probably what he's most well known for is doing comedy but okay that's fine so anyway yeah you have steven root who is great sarah goldberg who plays sally reed who is and this is what i think is most interesting about her character she's somehow a good actress who has to figure out how to play a bad actress. Like she's just an average actress in the show. It's so strange. Yeah. And she, (laughs) I hated her in the first season. I was like, Oh my God, I hope he has to kill this bitch. She is fucking (laughs) annoying. And then, you know, I mean, we'll get there, but like by the end of the show, I'm like, what a fucking queen. Yeah. 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 You, yeah, you definitely turn. Although there's little things at the end of the show that I still sucks, but yeah. Yeah. Then you have no ho Hank who was supposed to not be a regular character. He was just, you know, supposed to be, a, you know, what he was. And then was he always written that way or um, did they cast it? And then, I mean, it just came to life on the pages. And when he put it into, I mean, it, he, he's perfect for it. It was the accent he did, which gave oh it a whole gosh. different life. It's just, and it's oh. funny because I've seen, you know, people who apparently don't understand the show be like, it's not even a good Chechen accent. It's like, it's not supposed to be. He good feels like a Bill Hader SNL character yeah. in a good way. I'm not trying to say that like in a bad way, yeah. but like he feels like an insanely popular SNL yeah. character. Just the way he's played it, <laughs> it's perfection. Yeah. But apparently that was the thing. He was supposed to be dead. He was supposed to be killed off. And then they just liked him so much uh, that they were <laughs> just like, ah, okay, he got injured instead. And then they, that was it. And then you have Gene Cousineau. Uh, Mr. Henry Winkler, oh, who come on. is give it fantastic. up for Hank the Tank. I was so excited to see Henry Winkler get this much positive attention because I feel like a lot of the stuff he's done in his career in general, everything's been hokey. And the thing is, he's a hokey guy, and I don't mean that in oh, a bad way. No, no, no. Like, yeah, that's that's him. Yeah, he's like the a walking dad joke. He just yeah. is. It's really funny. I, I'm gonna ruin it, but there is a really funny line. Bill Hader has done a few different podcasts. He did a uh, Conan's podcast and he did like the, uh, the other podcast with line the wall. And he's told this story a few times. And I, to me, it's hilarious where he was just describing what Henry, Henry Winkler is like. 
And they're like, yeah, so Henry, so in this scene, you're going to like, you know, there's going to be a murder and you're going to be devastated. And and he's like, but I brought a bunt cake for the crew. Can I give the bunt cake to the crew? Like, he's like, he's like, so he just wants to like make everyone happy and he just wants oh, to be I nice to everybody. Him. He's the golden retriever. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, for what it's worth, and I, I can say this from my career in radio because he used to hang around and befriend all the radio shows that I that I was I worked with. He is an actual like sweetheart of a human being. Like just Henry Winkler is, is great. You just feel it. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God yeah. that matches what I wanted it to match. And for what it's worth, I also was reading recently stories about Bill Hader in the same light, which is, I mean, I, and I think you know this, is Bill Hader used to be a PA. Like, he mm-hmm. was a production assistant. He he worked on Dateline. He was an editor's assistant at one point. I believe his whole story about being discovered in general and, and making his way on SNL is like a crazy story Yeah, in he general. told it, it was either Armchair Expert the Dex Shepard podcast or Smartless. One of the two, he yeah. told that story and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Just discovered because he was doing improv with Nick Offerman's brother and Megan Milani went to go see a show and was, was like, like, oh, that guy right there. And then called Lauren Michaels. Called and Lauren like, Michaels you have to- like, you need him. You got to have him. She called it. She should be. She should be a producer. She Megan Milani should take over for Lauren Michaels when he leaves. I fucking that love out there. her. Talk about a couple. I'd be right yeah. smack dab in the middle of <laughs> Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally. Sign me up right in the middle. Uh, <laughs> Just there you uh, <laughs> But it's funny. I can easily tell that that's not a random thought. You've put a lot of effort into thinking oh about. Yeah. God, yes. If you you can't really see my bookshelf right now, but there's one shelf on here that's just all Nick Offerman books. <laughs> my fiance loves. I mean, we both do, but he truly loves Nick Offerman. Yeah, I have. I have. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it. It's on my shelf, too. I have the where the deer in the antelope. Good, play? clean, fun. Oh, good, clean, fun. We have that as well. Yeah. We have. Oh, I think it's good, clean, fun. We have that's autographed. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's and I fun. also bought him uh, Offerman Woodshop apparel. Ooh. Yeah, I'm telling you, we take it very seriously in this house. We have coasters yeah. that he made. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, you know, again, that's a wonderful off-track yeah. comment here. But <laughs> it got to Nick Offerman. I mean, even to tie that back, one of my favorite Henry Winkler characters is yeah. his Parks and Rec cameos. They're lovely. What does he play? Doesn't he play the dad for John Raphael and... Oh, He's yes, Henry Winkler does, you're right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> money, please. Uh, money, please. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. I have never done anything wrong ever yeah. in my life. Did you have a favorite character, by the way, in general? <sighs> okay, yeah. Hey, I mean, Hank. Yeah. But because <laughs> All right, that's easy. A million, I mean, okay, I would say tied between him and Henry Winkler. If we're going to yeah. do, well, it's this is like Cousin Greg all over again. I, I truly just enjoyed yeah. Noah Hank. I just loved him. Yeah. I will say, let's take Bill Hader out of the mix because we all he's just incredible. Yeah. But Henry Winkler, going from just a, such a sad story, just like his yeah. whole character is just so sad. He's yeah. got this acting class and everybody worships him because they're nobodies that want to be somebodies and he's the closest somebody they've ever somebodied. Yeah. And... Then you see him going to his own interview. Like, he's not the big deal he's making himself out to be. And he goes to his own uh, audition, I mean. And he's sitting there and he's just like wearing this suit and tie that's like from 1994. And he's just like so pathetic. He doesn't even get one line. They're like, thanks, next. And it's really sad. And it's like you feel bad for him. But then fast forward to season four. 
Yeah. And just what also I'll say as far as growth of character and the acting, just phenomenal. Yeah. How do you go from somebody that you're like, what a pathetic like slob, like what a loser to then really loving him, really rooting for his romance to the end being like, oh, fuck, he came to play. Yeah. Like he is not messing around. Yeah. So his development as a character was probably my favorite. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. By the way, I, I just came across this and I didn't realize this, and I and I think it's funny. All of the episode names are kind of funny, and it's kind of funny because like I think the the names of the episodes actually devolve, right? Every everything season one is like chapter one, chapter four, chapter six, right? It just follows chapters, and then you get into season two, and then they just have actual names for the most part, and then by season three, everything devolves and like it's all lowercase letters and then the same thing with season four there is an episode and this is a call back to our our podcast there's an episode called ben mendelson <laughs> <laughs> what what season yeah. is that season three episode three. Oh my god ben mendelson ben mendelson yeah um we oh boy that t- that's that star wars episode i know but where I, where, where I was going with that too is like throughout the series there are so many great cameos and guest stars almost but they're not really guest stars right the ones that stuck out too which i thought was hilarious was like uh and this is going into like the second to last episode or so is when barry is flipping around trying to find a christian podcast that meets his views the the pastor podcasts yeah and then the final one is bill burr where he's just like, yeah, murder's good sometimes. And he's like, bingo, that's it. All right, That's good. it. I'm in. <laughs> uh, James Austin Johnson from SNL apparently was the voice of one of the other pastors. There's been a bunch of great ones. The ones that stick out to me, especially me being a nerd in movies and TV shows, is there's that movie during the second season that he is like sort of getting cast into, mm-hmm. you know, want some pie? That one. Hey, Shipbird. But you have Jay Roach, who is an actual director. He's playing himself. And then Allison Jones, who is a very famous casting director, right? All the favorite TV shows you have, you know, especially like Parks and Recreation, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Good Place, What We Do in the Shadows, The Office. You'll always see the name casting. It's Allison Jones, right? She's been doing this for decades. But anyway, yeah, she played herself in the episode, which I thought was kind of cool. That's too. amazing. So, yeah, that's you can kind of see that. You can kind of see that he pulled in a lot of folks he's worked with over the years to play random characters. I mean, Guillermo del Toro pops up randomly as a handler for <laughs> uh, for assassins yeah. that go wary. And then one of those assassins is Fred Armisen. So, Which is hilarious. He's like, yeah. when he's like, he's here to kill me. He's got a gun and Fred Armisen is yeah. just in the back and it's like... <laughs> One devolved from his Uncle Fester character. He's just in the back, like, eyes wide, like, fuck. Shaking uncontrollably. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But what made this show for you? Because I I feel like, you know, for me, I watch it and I see, like, a lot of the beauty in the show and, like, the way it's made. And, And that's aside from the writing, which I think is great, too. But, like, I think what puts it over the top for me are some of the scenes that, and as weird as this might sound, like it, it's it's a great show by itself, but then you add on like the little cherry on top, which is all the extra care and attention and, and beauty that is the shots. And I'm just like, oh, that makes the show like, you know, diamond level 
I agree. And I, I will say, for me, the reason that I'll remember this show, I felt like this after we had first finished Breaking Bad. Yeah. It's another show that I felt like kind of similar, less comedy, of course. But yeah. I felt like this was that same feeling at the end where I was like, I just watched something insanely special. Like, not to get all sappy, but I thought the show was so beautiful at the very, like, if we get down to the nitty gritty core, bottom level, it's about, like, how important art and creativity is to heal people. Like, the power of, like, art, creativity, and it sounds very stupid, but, like, you, if you look at just poor little Barry Berkman alone, his whole being he was trying to heal it's like he finally felt for the first time in his life somewhere he belonged didn't have to like become someone else he could be an actor he wanted to do it so freaking bad and thought that that was going to save him from this awful fucking job he had an awful life he'd fallen into but if you were to tell somebody watch barry it's a beautiful story about how art can heal and creativity can heal oh really how's it go (laughs) well there's an assassin who wants to be an actor it's like you could never sell that without someone having to watch it but i will agree with you the way that it was shot it felt like i was watching 25 to 30 minute feature films every single episode yeah it didn't ever feel rushed i never felt rushed i felt like yeah well, I mean, let's be honest, it just felt HBO level every yeah. episode. It never <laughs> fell off. And I also I'm kind of sad because I don't think Barry's getting its flowers enough. Like no, people I, I, love it. I agree. Yeah. People love it, but that's the people that have watched it. Yeah. And I think maybe it got buried in that succession Ted Lasso world. But I definitely don't think it's gotten the praise it deserves. And I, I think there's going to be a resurgence now yeah. that Barry's done and succession's done. People are going to be like, Oh, I'll just binge a show. It's yeah. done. I can and do beginning to end. And I think it will get the praise it deserves, Yeah, but I definitely don't think people are talking about it enough. No, it's one of those things too, where I feel like it flew under the radar in general because, you know, it wasn't as flashy as everything else. And, and I think, the other thing, too, is, you know, I think what we appreciate about it, about being this like oddity of it doesn't spoon feed the audience. It's not being like, hey, OK, this guy, Barry, he's not supposed to be a good guy. He's the antihero. You're not supposed to like him. It's it's also not doing the opposite because I think it leaves it to your own devices to the point where I was thinking about asking you this, too, which is like, at what point does he pass a point of being unredeemable? Because I'm thinking back to like season one and I'm like, huh. all right, he's That's he's, a good question. He's a hitman. He wants to get out of it. He's like, I think this is my calling. I don't want to do this anymore. He's trying to find redemption. And then he, he still kills Ryan, right? Which is the you know, the the actor he he kills. Maybe um, when he kills Janice. You think at the end of season one? When when he kills the detective that who's yeah. now in love with you know when that henry yeah. winkler's in love with when when he's gotten to the point where he's never gonna own up for his mistakes he's always gonna yeah. cover his own ass no matter the cost to get what he wants yeah he's like always covering his tracks he's always he's, covering yeah. his tracks and there's like a level of narcissism there like he can say he's doing it for this that or the other thing but at the end of the day he just doesn't want to get caught yeah so maybe then i don't know maybe the when yeah. he, shot up the monastery 
no idea. When he wasn't break- great. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, the first season is eight episodes, right? And, and it starts off with uh, chapter one, make your mark, which is the, the episode where we get introduced to Barry and he falls in love with acting. And then, yeah, you get to the last episodes, episode eight of the first season, right? Mm-hmm. Which putting it into perspective, or especially as we talk about run times and stuff. All right. So every episodes, let's even call it. It's not even really 30 minutes. They're like 25 minute episodes. Yeah, because they're flat, like yes. 30 minutes. It's not like it changes. It's flat 30 yep. minutes with like, you're right, like 25, 26 minutes, a yeah. couple minutes of credit time and we're yeah. out. So with that, what you're looking at, so let's call it, you know, four hour season one. It's an arc on itself. After I watched the first season, I watched it as it aired back in 2018. And I actually said then too, I was like, if the show doesn't get picked up for a second season, totally fine. As in a story has been told and it's like in mm-hmm. its little box and I think it's fine, right? The, the last episode ends where he kills Moss and then goes back to bed with Sally, who who never woke up. To me, I think that was for me where I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. This is what because, we're dealing with here. <laughs> because if the show never came back, you're just like, it tells the story of the guy who wanted to get out. But in reality, he just he couldn't change his ways. People don't change, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. change. And then you go on to the rest of the. But that was the thing, too, is especially because the show doesn't give you solid footing, right? Because it could be, oh, this is, we're going to be a little bit sillier here. This is a little bit more absurdist versus this is going to be a serious scene. You know, when he's going after people or it seems like the walls are closing in on Barry and then something just silly happens or something like where it's like, I did not see that coming, right? Just happens. I I think I had that that feeling when, um, I forget, I think it was the second season. When uh, who is Janice Moss's detective, uh, like partner? Oh, the partner. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Um, I was literally just looking at this on the cast list. His name was the guy that paid him to kill. It was Detective uh, Detective John something. Loach. 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 That's it. Loach. John Loach. Um, there's that scene where it's like, oh, everything's closing in on him. And then all of a sudden he catches Barry and Barry's like deer in headlights and he's like, I need you to kill my wife's lover. Not how I thought that was going to go yeah, no. in that hotel room. <laughs> I was like, wait, what the yeah. fuck is happening in the best way? You know, not yeah. like. Which leads yeah, us to good. that to that episode, Ronnie Lilly, which is which is crazy. So um, just. But it felt like the Ted Lasso Beards Big Adventure episode yeah. where it's just like, what am I watching? I love it. And both have no idea what's happening. Yeah. But I love how that like every time it seems like okay, Barry's going to have to own up to his his mistakes and what he's done. It just, everything takes a left turn, right? The FBI yeah. is after him. All of a sudden, FBI agent was... Uh, his buddy from yeah. <laughs> from Afghanistan that yeah. he saved. Yeah. But the thing is, the show isn't without, like, its heart and heaviness, right? Talking about his, his buddies from Afghanistan, like, he kills Chris. He kills the guy he, you know, served with. Yeah. And it's this like gut wrenching moment. But I don't know. Everything about it, it's it, the show is fantastic. But I can gloat about how great the show is. But we should finally talk about the, the final season because it was, it was just, it was so good. And as we're here, before I let you say anything else, I will say this Succession, Ted Lasso, Barry with the three big ones that all like almost ended up within like two days apart. These, this and Succession the same night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I will say 
this was my favorite. This was my favorite ending. Now that's, it's funny because a lot more people cared about succession. I think succession was in itself, like the entirety of the entire story wrapping up and finding a solution or finding an ending that worked. The show ended, right? If they wanted to pick it up and all of a sudden have a fifth season tomorrow, they could. Absolutely. And I don't, it wouldn't feel the way we're talking about Ted Lasso. It wouldn't feel like a money grab. It wouldn't feel anything other than like this story can continue on at peak performance. Yeah. And it's not going to take away from the success from the first four seasons. Yeah. But with Barry, it is over. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely over. It is. Unless he comes back as a, you know, ghost Barry. But I, I, I got to ask, so what did you think of the final season just in general? Well, you know, I knew that we were going to get there. You know, like yeah. I knew that I'm definitely interested to see how what your take is on it being a dad. That's probably a very different experience than mm-hmm. I had watching the show. Yeah. But it felt like I saw someone describe Barry like this. And it's almost like when you're watching a storm roll in and you can see the dark clouds in the like far away with the rain and it keeps getting closer and closer and closer until you're like fully in the shit of it. And it's like, that's what Barry felt like. Like I knew come season four shit was going down. It's like, while the comedy is still there and there's still those moments, there's no happy ending here for anybody. Like we knew that. And I don't feel unfulfilled at all. I felt like the whole season Did what I wanted it to do. It wrapped things up, but also left things, like you said, open for my own imagination. Open for me to just keep going. And I didn't love that I I wasn't as much of a NoHo Hank fan in the end. I just didn't. (laughs) I kind of got sad about that. But, you know, I guess that was bound to happen, too. But even that's done to such like a like that story arc, which which to go over it, which is he truly loves Cristobal. Right. Loves loves First of all, we have not even touched on that. Yeah. What a hilariously fantastic little yeah. coupling those two were. <laughs> I loved. I mean, you know, it started out with like 50-50 with Cristobal. It became like a meme, right? It's just it's almost a joke. And yeah. then and then it's like, oh no, these two guys love each other. And then they fall in love and they run away together. And I will say, because it, it was the it was the prior season, but when he goes to rescue Cristobal. To rescue him from from captivity, everything about that is, yeah, it's chaotic and a dream, and like a weird fever dream sequence thing that just plays out in this way. But like you go from there to what ends up happening to them, and oh, that's where your heart. I mean, you, yeah, you start season four, Barry's in prison, yeah, and he's like, you know, the guards fucking love him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And like Hank and Cristobal, they're what is it? They're somewhere in California, and they're just like, we're in love. Everything is great. Yeah. This is oh, so they went lovely. to Nevada. I think they went oh, to Nevada. Okay, yeah. yeah. And they're just like, oh, we're so great. Yeah, this is just we're so in love. It, it just starts out so strange, right? Like yeah. I knew from the first episode, I was like, oh, okay. I will be honest with you, I did not predict anything. Did you yeah. and accurately predict anything that happened? No, other, I mean, that's, other than the overarching, you know, but no, know how but this that's is going to end, you, but you never, that's the thing you, I don't think you know how it's going to end because the show is always surprising you. It's always, it always mm-hmm. kept you off balance. So, you know, whether Barry was going to win in the end and move on, and, you know, live his life and whatever, 
or someone was going to die or any, it could have been anything. But even that, that point of like, no ho Hank, which by the way, the scene of him begging Cristobal to stay and forgive him. There's the shot where he's, no ho Hank is turning back and walking back to the house and you see him glance up at, because he, he knows what's going to happen. Right. And that's why he like, it puts it. I've said it before in this podcast. I love any, and I have an appreciation. It's my weak point for any writing where they connect to you or give you something. And it's like, Oh my God, that changes the entire perspective of everything prior. Yeah. And so I watched that scene twice where you go in and you're like everybody else. You're assuming he's begging him to stay because he loves him and that's it. It's just as simple as that. In reality, it's if Cristobal didn't accept it, they were going to kill him. And yeah. that's exactly what happened. And you can see the look he shoots. You know, Hank shoots up to the roof at like one of the, the guys, not, one of the yeah. shooters. Yeah. And then he goes inside the house and, and yeah. But, you know, bringing it back to the finale of where Fuchs Ugh. is like rubbing it in his face and just being like, he wants him to admit what he did. He's forcing him to admit what he did. And, and that's what ends up getting like Hank would have been fine. Hank would have lived on had he just come to terms and admitted that he killed. Crystal. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I feel like at that point in the show, they're both pretending to be these people that they truly aren't, yeah. you know, like, yeah, we know who Hank is. We know even Fuchs. Yeah. We know that he has a heart and he loves Barry. And you, you see that in the scene where he's covering Barry's son's eyes yeah. in the middle of that quarantino death scene you know just (laughs) yeah he doesn't want him to end up like them he wants to say if he can protect him from that life he wants to and you know same thing with hank you see in that last moment it's like he's not the person he's trying to pretend to be he is a guy who just you know lost the love of his life and just i don't know again that's perfect writing it's just perfect yeah like you know as you've said i didn't need to be spoon-fed those facts yeah, I felt them and they were shot perfectly and you can do it with their expressions yeah. and the little minor things that they do with themselves. But it's weird for me to I don't have anything bad to say <laughs> I know. about the last season at all. And like, yeah, I know with Ted Lasso, we did I know with succession we did. But there's something about this show that I had no expectations. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I'm going to fucking love this. Bill Hader's in it. That's what got me to watch yeah. the show. Besides you yeah. being like, oh, no, you're watching Barry because we're doing Barry. Yeah. And I was like, OK, <laughs> then I'm doing it. And yeah. I definitely would have watched it at some point. But I'm glad I did when I did, because I love experiencing finales with everybody else. Yeah. I like to have this excitement that you and I are having talking about it. Yeah. If we had done this in a year, it would probably just be us and maybe my mom listening to yeah. this episode. <laughs> Because the excitement wears off. But yeah. also to your point, I loved the names of these episodes. Yeah. I was looking at them before <laughs> we started to do it. And like the first one, what's it called? The first yikes. one's just like, yikes. yikes. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Well, first off, I'll say I like not being spoon fed stuff. It is it is so cathartic to have a TV show or a movie or any piece of like media like that. Just respect you enough. To not just be like, oh, we're going to shove this down your throat. Mm -hmm. I think it was super understated to the point where, like, you don't even really realize it. But, like, yeah, in that final episode where Bill's like, I'm going to go, like, goes berserk, goes and gets all the guns, right, and hops in the little car and then drives there. He never even used them. He just gets there and he missed. He was late for the gun (laughs) battle. (laughs) Right. 
just that like but he, that little detail yes. hilarious exactly because you, you know, go back and think like yeah. wait he, he got all those guns he got he didn't even fight he, he was late he was he was like five minutes late <laughs> oh to the gun God. battle that would be my fiance but you're yeah absolutely but like there's little nuances about the barry character because you go from like episode one season one of being like oh yeah like he's a simpleton underneath it all and he just wants to acting brings him joy he just wants to do that to then like season four where he's like after Cousineau got trapped him to get caught by the police and detective oh, mod, that scene the, first of all that scene when yeah. they part and Cousineau is just standing there like deadpan yeah. with that creepy ass hair that yeah. he has in that season but he's just standing there like no expression on his face yeah. but you know exactly what he's thinking and it's yes. like finally I got you you motherfucker yeah. it's right. so he had good. him under his thumb yeah. all of season three and then all of a oh. sudden I think it was the first episode of season four where he, he calls him and he's like did you trick me Mr. Cousineau like just completely still oblivious calling him Mr. Cousineau let's I, just yeah. even talk about that even as you're saying it I there are moments in the show again they're not spoon feeding it to us yeah but we very early on saw what kind of person Barry is and what kind of person he wishes he was and remember yeah. when they he's telling that that story to to Cousineau in the first episode, I think, when he's like, tell the story or first couple episodes. And he tells that story of the first time he killed somebody. Yeah. And when you actually see what happened, he's horrified that he yes. just killed somebody. Yeah. But then he gets this rousing applause and his buddies yeah. are going nuts for him. Like, oh, you fucking got him. You got him. Yeah. You're a sniper, you know. And he changes in that instant. He's like, yeah. wow, this feels fucking good. I'm good at this. Oh, yeah. I didn't even try to be good at this. This feels fucking good. I'm the man. Like, yeah. I will gladly do this. And then he goes back to being that scared, sad little boy that doesn't want to be that when his buddy slash future FBI agent friend gets <laughs> shot in the face and yeah. he's holding him and he's just like, where, where the fuck? What's going on? Yeah. And the PTSD and like all that kind of stuff that they put into that character is so yeah. well done. But in that moment, you can see the Barry we're going to get in season four. Glimpses yeah. of that Barry. Yeah. But that's the thing, too, is there was something else I, I read somewhere, so I can't take credit because I, I guess I never backed up enough to look at it. I definitely noticed there's that, like, vapid personality of a lot of the characters. And then just, like, California, L.A. in general, right? Like, there's a lot of vapidness to the characters we There's haven't that, even talked about my girl natalie greer oh my god yes darcy carden yeah. she's like are you yeah. kidding me if you've not seen the good place yeah <laughs> you d you won't understand the love that the world has for her but she yeah. is talk about vapid californian I, yeah. perfection yeah there's a scene when sally is trying to get her show picked up by a network and I forget who the network executive was played by. I completely forgot, but they're just like making sounds they're like the show is like, you know, not really meh. It was more like, meh. like just making sounds of describing shows and stuff. The show is just like, you know, there, there's a, there's an entire episode where everyone keeps going to the beignet guy <laughs> and getting advice from the guy, the guy who makes beignets. Ooh. There's that. Right. And, and, what I was uh, referencing before was that every character is selfish, right? That's that's like mm -hmm. the, the defining link behind them. Cousineau, that's an easy one. Barry, that's an easy one. Sally, that's an easy one. But even like 
you know, Hank, he's rejecting reality of the fact that he killed the love of his life because that's what sort of made sense. He's insane. He's like a crazy person. They're all crazy just in their different ways. Even like I mentioned before, uh, Detective Loesch, he catches this guy who killed his partner and is like (laughs) blackmails him to kill his wife's ex-wife's whatever's lover. He's like, so pissed bunker. he bought her a quinceanera store and it didn't <laughs> so pissed he's left with that I quinceanera store. That. He's so mad. But what's even funnier too, if you ever watch like clips of Bill Hader like writing or coming up with ideas or like there's the South Park documentary where it's like six days to air and, and I've he's not in that. seen that. I would love oh, to great. see that. Oh, it's it's fantastic. To. And Bill Hader is there because he's helping write that episode that they were working on. And it's just, you get to see like Bill Hader in a writer's room, just coming up with ideas. You can almost see the raw ideas coming out in the work. And I have an appreciation for that because the show isn't taking itself I just want to do that so bad. If anyone's listening that could just let me be in a writer's room and pretend that my ideas (laughs) matter. I just really want to do that. Just to get a little meta on this. We had a meeting we were trying to come up with podcast things. <laughs> and I was so excited. I was like, guys, is this what it feels like to be in a writer's room? Because I love it so much. <laughs> we can just make our own writer's room okay, at, at the Gotham like West we were in a writer's room. It was so I fun. I mean, we kind of was, but we can, we can, we have to do it more. We can, we can just get together. We'll make our own sitcom podcast. God, I loved thing. it. I loved yeah. it. But back to why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this because we know we love fun facts. Yeah. Did you know that they originally shot Fuchs as like of the the giant antagonist, like the bruiser mm-hmm. who was screaming at Barry? And then HBO said to Bill Hader, I think you should start them off as friends. So they had to oh. reshoot all of Fuchs' uh, scenes from the first season. Really? Isn't so that like crazy. So, so Stephen Root was supposed to be like a mean like a guy. Like, like a. Yeah like an asshole. And they did the same thing with, they reshot and rewrote all of Barry's monologue in that scene where he talks about his life as a killer when he's talking mm. to him. And he's, they had to, so it's so funny. Cause I, again, this isn't the same article. They shot the speech a year after they had already shot Henry Winkler's the way he reacts to it. Reacts? Yeah. So Bill Hader had to kind of like just fill in so that it, the reactions would match what they'd already shot. Cause they weren't reshooting that. I love that. I didn't know that at all. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can't see, even as he plays angry Fuchs, right? Like he just, I mean, Fuchs in general, until he just, I don't know. I I, I don't even know how how to describe what he becomes in season four. He reminds me of um, Will Ferrell in that movie, Gators Bitches Wear Jimmies. What is that? What? What is that movie where Will Ferrell plays like... It's, it's with, fun uh, to watch. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, wife the good guys. Yes, the, and he's yep, like the other guy. Bitches wear jimmies. It was just so over the top and ridiculous. I'm like, this is not who Fuchs is. Yeah, I always he's get just, the other guys and the good guys confused. Okay, Sorry. but yes, that's what it reminded me of. I was like, this is not who you are. You want yeah. to be this person, but you aren't this person. think about Sally in season four I'm curious so let's talk about her little her little speech to her son yeah I watched it 
the episode and I was like, okay, she's not happy with who she's become. And she feels like she just fucking failed her son. She hasn't been a mother. She's been someone else, you know, whatever. And she's telling him like, your parents are killers. I'm a murderer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then I start realizing, no, she's doing all of this for herself to cleanse herself of any guilt she feels like no I told him the truth and it's so sad because he like hugs her and still loves his mom after he finds out like an awful human she is and he still loves his mom and I'm like oh my god and the first time I saw it I did not feel like that I felt like wow what a beautiful scene of her just like she's coming to her reckoning you know and and so that kind of changed my view of her and then today when I knew that we were going to record later I'm like just watching clips. I like to do that sometimes. I just go on TikTok and watch clips. And I was like, oh my God, what a fucking narcissistic, (laughs) self-righteous bitch. She did all of that just so she could feel better about herself. She's still not a mother to him. And so when I watched the show, I ended the show like, at least he's got a good parent, you know, like she's not perfect, but she's trying. And then I watched that clip and it put me down a rabbit hole. And now I just, I hate her again. Now we're back to hating her. I'm like, this poor kid is so fucked. And, you know, and and, and what if this is a gene that's, it's going to be passed on to this poor child. He's going to be like Dexter 2.0. Yeah. And, And it felt very like, Dextery when Dexter tells his son it's like you know whatever people have watched that show I'm like oh my god this kid's totally gonna be a fucking serial killer <laughs> like he's gonna be an assassin and his life is going to be awful because his mom is who he's left with and she's a skunt and so that's what I felt and it's different than when I first watched the episode which is funny because I immediately picked up on well when we get the flash forward which I will than say me, though because I'm always such like oh Everything yeah. is so pretty. <laughs> Episode five, we flash forward, mm-hmm. right? And I wasn't sure if I was like, is this real? Is this a dream? Right. I couldn't, I couldn't make out what, it was, what was gonna it happen. It was a little, yeah. It felt a little weird at first. Yeah. And I will say I was a little wary because I was like, not a lot of shows ever do the flash forwards good. And you know, so off. yeah, and they're yeah. like in middle America. Yeah. And it did it well, but like you can clearly see that she is miserable. There's that scene where like she's I, I don't even know what to think. I still haven't gone back to like analyze the scene with her and the guy from the Piggly Wiggly where the hell she Ooh, works. Yeah. That's a that's a yeah. cringe fest, man. Whoa. But clearly like she is circling the drain. But it's weird. I mean, Sally in herself is is a case study. But to skip ahead to the part that's easier to read at least, which is yeah, when we get to the end end after Barry's gone and we flash forward again. There's that little dialogue between her and her son in front of the school. And he's like, love you, mom. And she's like, she does not reciprocate love. Yeah, no, she, she's yeah. awful. Yeah. She's happy running theater or whatever the hell she did in that. She what, would have if she had an audience, if there were 200 other moms standing there. Like, oh, I love you, honey. Yeah. You have a great day. And yeah, you're right. I didn't even pick up on that, but you're just adding more to the reasons why I hate her. But I going back to something else you said, too, I, I said it during the Ted Lasso episode. Also, every time that that little kid in Barry was like, Daddy, Mom, like, no, I don't I was so like, oh, I want to cry. I want to hug him. I want to rescue him. He's just the look on his face like that kid was a good actor because like he's he got across. like think about what it takes for like a young actor in general to get across the fact that he is a little scared all the time. Right. Like he's sheltered and like his dad is his hero and he's overly sheltered and his dad also like gaslights him like you're not going to play baseball because you'll die. Um, 
<laughs> which just insane things by Barry. And that's Barry in his mind thinks I need to, I need to live on to protect my kid, which is way better. He doesn't, but the fact that the show ends. And again, this is the vapidness of the world that I think is, is what they're displaying is like, there was just an inkling of, you know, what happened to Kusno and they just like, ah, we got you. We figured out the whole spiel. And then we flash forward and little John, little, little John Berkman is uh, watching this, the movie about his dad, which he wasn't allowed to watch by his mom, but his, his, he's at a friend's house and he's watching it. And he's still in now. He's like, that was my, like, you know, like that was my dad. And, and apparently I, cause I needed to know this. There was a deleted scene where I guess, you know, his friend asks him about like, you know, like there was that scene obviously where he was present for all the murders in front of Noho Hank and everybody, which is depicted in the movie within a movie. And there is a deleted scene of something where like, oh, do you remember that? And he's like, no, I, my, or my mom told me about that or something like that. In the end, all the vapid, you know, selfish people in the world just got their comeuppance for the most part. But at least John was spared he believes his father's a hero. Yeah, but he's, he's not spared because he's left with her. Yeah. Like, would he have been better if Barry lived and she died? I don't know. Maybe that would have been his moment to be like, okay, I need to be a dad now. Because he was happy yeah. in middle America. He was good there. Who was? Barry? Barry. Or he wasn't. Kid? Yeah, he wasn't like, oh, yeah. losing his shit. He was fine. He was like, yeah, this was the end game to be in the middle of nowhere with my happy little family that I created. I think ideal ending. Barry out sally out yeah henry winkler just takes that baby in and that's his kid yeah <laughs> little <laughs> little john lives with with henry winkler that would have been yeah. my favorite ending no but like seriously though she it is um heartbreaking that was yeah. that to me was so sad and doesn't every little kid at some point think their parents are their hero and then you grow up and you're like oh my parents yeah. are people <laughs> never mind yeah, given what we know, what we did see about Barry raising John, I think he's better off. <laughs> yeah, he was. He wasn't yeah. great. You're right. No. You're right. You're right. He, he, it was funny because even in that case, right? Like, I think nobody seemed to act like a natural father. Barry was clearly looking for father figures, right? Mm-hmm. With, like within literally everyone. But no, I mean, it, it's John was better off just believing his dad was a hero living with a mom who doesn't love him and, and just God, you know. that kid's going to be so fucked. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So fucked. That's going to be the next show. It's just going to be John. John <laughs> and it's, yeah. Just, it's just going to be John and he's going to be like a yay or like yeah. a FBI agent or something. And yeah, it's going to unearth uh, all, all of the things. What did you think about Barry's death? We can just we can tie it all up there. Well, here's the thing. Um, I like I said, I needed nothing from this show. The show didn't need to give me anything. I didn't go into this last season feeling so unfulfilled. You're like, you have to do this. They could have had Barry hit by an ice cream truck, and I'd been like, okay, yeah, he's got to go. Yeah, he's got to go. He had to go. But yeah, I think one of my favorite things about. Barry's death, the way Sally ends, Sean, all of this kind of stuff is I didn't see any of this stuff happening this way. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. It's like you always call it. I've never been right. <laughs> I've never called it. <laughs> I, Did you no, I, at any point in the season be like, I know exactly what's going to happen? 
No, I had no clue. I, and, and what's funny too, is I think the show purposely like led you on a little bit here and there and on purpose, right? It kind of leads I'm you in so directions. I'm so too. What, what did you believe? Like, what did you? Oh God, I thought they were going to live happily ever after. I really did. I was like, oh, they're just going to keep flashing forward till this kid's like graduating yeah. college or high school or something. <laughs> and Barry's going to be like, it's time. I'm turning myself yeah. in. He's 18 now. Like, again, I just, you know, yeah. I. I I would fall for anything. Yeah. They could have given me anything and I would have thought it was perfect. I'm yeah. such an easy sell. I mean, to me, the best part and because, you know, this is what I appreciate about the writing and the irony of it all is it's not until Barry's like, all right, I'm ready to turn myself in. I want to confess to everything. I want to, you know, do the right thing. And Kusino kills him. And Kusino is the one person who could have vouched for him and, and, Sort of stupid gun in the know. box from what episode was that when he gets a gun in the box with the note? The Rip Torn gun. <laughs> oh my God. It was given him to by oh Rip Torn. Oh my God. Which yeah. I love those references too. <laughs> Me too. Like, That's so good. Like every little thing about like little Hollywood, you know, like actors or actresses and and people. It's just, it's all perfect. Like, you know, the fact that you have Jay Roach in there as a director sort of mocking the kind of stuff that Jay Roach directs of itself. It's great. I love it. But, uh, yeah, the fact that Kusino's rotten away in prison because he killed Barry when Barry was ready to confess and ready to be like, I'll take the I'll take the fall. I'll I do know, what I have but to do. like, can I be? Can I play mm-hmm. devil's advocate that I yeah. said I wasn't going to do? Yeah, but it's like, do we really think he would have? When Again, push came to shove, this is not the first time that we're like seeing glimpses of a version of Barry that we think he can be, want him to be. Again, everyone being selfish, right? He does that because he's still being selfish, right? Because he's still trying to manage everything and get everything he wants. But someone brought up, too, there was the scene where his FBI friend, I forget, I think it was season three or two, I forget what it was, was like, don't do this ever again. Stop killing people or I'm going to come back and I'll kill you. Yeah, he's like, and I'll you never can stop. Again. And Barry's all like, Ooh. Yeah. And he's like, I won't do it again. I'm, I'm done. It's over. Right. And then he just goes back right back to doing what he did. Right. It just he falls right back into it. You know, old habits. I do think he was set up in a way where he's like, he's finally ready because, again, he did care about his son. That was the big thing is he. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Very much cared about little John. Little John Parkman. And so, you yeah, know, I do I do think that, you know, that was the intention because that's what makes the most sense, too, which is every time he's lied or said, oh, I'm going to change, and then he doesn't change. The moment he actually says he's going to change is when he finally meets his end. And I don't know. Let's be controversial here. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people say they didn't like this ending, and they didn't like this really? season. The really? interwebs. Yeah, I was on the Reddits, mm-hmm. and a lot of hate, a lot of hate, and I did not feel that way. I did not no. see it that way, and I didn't... When people are like, it felt rushed and the movie montage and all that kind of stuff felt stupid. And I'm like, you didn't watch the same show the rest of us watched. No, but I will say this. My only critique of the entire thing is that given the show, given Bill Hader, given everything else, I feel like they should have made the movie within the movie. Like they should have actually had whatever major actors they could have gotten for it. And apparently there was there was talk of that where where there was a there was a conversation had of like. You know, like, what if you actually get like a major actor to play Barry and all these things just for that one movie within a movie? And they ended up abandoning it. But that's my only critique is like, I wish they had done that up because I feel like that would have really sold it. Because, I mean, 
if you're paying attention enough and you believe the movie within the movie, it looks like a straight to streaming, like little like knockoff kind of movie. Like it's, it, you know, low budget, <laughs> not a Netflix or a Hulu. It's no. like a, <laughs> like some the, subpar the streaming gun service. that he shot Barry with. Yeah. The, the rip torn gun. Yes. Is that the same one he accidentally shot his son with? That's a good question. I don't because that's know. very poetic, right? Like, so he had a son. Yeah. And then you've got Barry who think who looks to him like a father figure. Yeah. I and love the scene when he shoots his son, by the way. Jesus Christmas tree. Wait, he goes, and just like he goes, fuck you, and just runs away. <laughs> oh <laughs> I love my that. God. Who played his son, by the way? I'm trying to I'm trying to find know. that too. Uh he that was great. a good one. Andrew Leeds. I feel like I've seen him in other things. I don't know what else he's been in. But he's good. Oh, he was in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I forgot about that. That's where he's from. I liked that show. I knew, I knew you did. See, that's where I liked it. It's up my alley. But yeah, no, I mean, that was the only gun that he had. That's hilarious. So that to had me. to be, yeah. So I'm going to fake shoot my real son, but real shoot my fake son. Yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But I like how his son turned on him too at the end. Just, I was bound to happen. Yeah. The vegetable grower. What does he have? Like a little strawberry farm or something. <laughs> I don't know. I got to be honest with you, though. If my dad was like a shit dad mm. and then was like, hey, come have this fucking lake house. Yeah. <laughs> you owe me, asshole. I'm going to take the lake house. Yeah. Anyway, I don't feel if anyone didn't like this, I get this. I actually did see uh, just a controversial. Oh, I read an ending article written on IGN.com where someone sloppily compared this to Chris Kyle. Who's and Chris like Kyle? how they the Navy SEAL sharpshooter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, they t- they were taking, you know, <laughs> this is <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. But yeah. um I'm reading the article, right? And like the the comments. These articles sometimes are so fucking stupid when I'm doing research for the show. But the comments were incredible. And mm. the one that I read was so fucking funny. And it was like, we need the no host Hank spinoff, but we also need the episode 10 years in time when Sally is passed out on the couch with a glass of Chardonnay. <laughs> five Xanax, five Xanax have taken her out. And John is just sitting there tucking her in with a blanket and kissing her head and saying, bye, mommy. <laughs> I was like, that's so fucking dark. It is. It's so dark. I love that though. Is like we we already know the rest of her life, and yeah, it's she's a soccer mom gone slush. Like she's she gonna be. Even, oh, she has no interest in being it either, though. Like she has no interest. No, we know no, if this was happening real time, yeah. she's started in OnlyFans. <laughs> she's trying to bring money in there. But she's telling everyone that all this money that she has, she gets from acting jobs that don't actually exist. Okay. So she's like, yeah, that's this, very specific. Yeah, this, you know, Hyundai Palisade five row SUV. I got that my yeah. acting jobs, but really she got it from an OnlyFans, which nothing wrong with it. Power to you. If my body was good enough, I would do it too. Or maybe just some like feet pics. Like our girl's capitalizing, you know, I she, do, secretly. I love how in the secretly. world of OnlyFans, it's almost like a cheat code where women can just be like, I'm just going to do like a foot fetish God, one. God, I wish this that way. I was in my prime for this. I don't think my fiance would care. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're going to have to get his permission before I start saying these things. But I'm just going to throw this out there too. Given all the AI generation stuff you can do, I don't think you need to do your real body. I think you just AI generate pictures of feet and just upload them to OnlyFans. Oh, my feet are great. I'll do feet all day. Oh, okay. Yeah, feet are fine. Yeah. It's the the midsection and 14 chins we're going to have to work on here, Tom. <laughs> no, but just, just for your own personal sanity, I will say, I feel like the foot thing is a... Is a I, for, to be clear, I don't understand. I don't, I don't personally understand yeah. foot fetish. Yeah, yeah, Each yeah. his own. More power to Go you. Go get it. Go get it. But I feel like I feel like I can start an OnlyFans with my feet. Let's do it. I should, every, everyone's got every a single friend I have. Every yeah. like hot single friend. My best friend is so hot. She's a teacher, and you know teachers don't get paid shit. And I'm like, yeah, you need to start an OnlyFans. She's like, I can't. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I'm like, even more the reason to teacher all day. I think if you go down to Florida, like they expect all teachers to have OnlyFans. Of course they do. Of course they do. They expect them to. Never mind. We're not going to go there. (laughs) I was going to basket. (laughs) Real dark. We won't go down. All right. Uh, Barry, though. Also, I just want to say that in. (laughs) Hold on. I wish I could show you my screen right now. I have to take a picture of it to send you. We all know I love Easter eggs and like fun facts, which this show, I knew you would all have all of them. I didn't really have much except for like things Bill Hader has said in other other interviews. Because I put in Barry Easter eggs. Uh (laughs) I'm scrolling down and it is just a picture of chocolate Easter eggs with berries in them. That is what I found on the Internet. (laughs) That's literally what I found. Batty Easter egg. And there is a Gilmore Girls Easter egg in Barry season three. I just want you to know that. What is that? Well, Crystal Ball and Hank's relationship. Blah, 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 blah. He says... Oh, my God. This is so stupid. Is it a quote they're, from the show? They're not programmed into each other's phones by their real names for Hank and Cristobal. Their contact names are <laughs> Luke and Lorelai. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is so good. <laughs> is that like a, you, like a screenshot or something? I swear to God, it says in the episode. This is so good. <laughs> okay. It's a season three, the episode Limonada. Cristobal and Hank's relationship continues to blossom until Fernando shows up. Fernando, Cristobal's father-in-law. Cristobal sees Fernando as a potential threat, blah, blah, blah. But in the episode, fans find out that Cristobal and Hank are not programmed into each other's phones by their real names. Instead, their contact names are Luke and Lorelai. Their names are a reference to the <laughs> endgame couple of Gilmore girls, Luke Danes and Lorelai Gilmore. <laughs> You are such my Luke. Yeah. That is so good. I, love, I, I should have started that episode and just tapped out with that. That was so good. I love it. Okay. All right. Good show. We're going to end there. All right. <laughs> are we done with series finales yet? For us, yeah. I mean, there's a couple other ones that happened that, I'll be honest with you, some of those shows just kind of died at the end there. Yeah. I will say, I, I don't know if I'll mention it by name yet, but there was one show that I was like, oh, did it end? No one talked about it. Haven't heard a peep from anybody. I know what show you're talking about. And I was, and I couldn't even get through the last (laughs) season. I was like, I'm bored. When Tom tells me that we have to do this, I'll finish it. No, no, we can, we can abandon ship and we don't have to do the show. No one wants to talk about it anyway. The show is called, can we talk about not, we have to talk about. That's completely fair. What a beautiful callback, sir. (laughs) Cool. All right. I didn't ask you. So in my opinion, in order of season finales, I'm going to say Barry was the best, followed by Succession, followed by Ted Lasso in the three that we've done. 
what's what's your order? Okay. If I enjoyed watching the succession one made me very uncomfortable. Well written, yeah. well done. Yeah. I ended that being like, I want to shower. That just felt so yeah. dirty. Like that was just it was which a, tragedy. Is a great, great, yeah. great, great sign of a season finale. Yeah. Ted Lasso, we all know. We talked about it. You heard me say it. I love the show. I love love. I love sadness. Yeah. <laughs> but Barry, I think, sorry haters, I think it was the most well done. Hands down. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know that, I, that for what it's worth, I'm not necessarily rating it based on the entire show. As far as series finales go, I would say I think Barry tied everything up and closed out the story in a way that I think. We already is know very, Ted Lasso is your number three. You hated on yeah. that shit all episode. We have an update. We have I mean, I think this is the we can we can we, we might as well mention oh, it here. This is so lovely. Yeah. You know that Apple TV has now teased yes. that like they started tweeting out yes. pictures of they're trying they're trying to continue the, the Ted Lasso without Ted Lasso. So they had a picture, the scene where it's Coach Beard and Nate and Roy Kent standing there in their little coachy coach clothes. And the caption is something like a spin-off with these three or something like that is what we need, or blah, blah, blah. And then the gentleman that plays Nate. Just does the zippered mouth emoji. It's yeah. on the tweeter. It has been tweeted. Yeah. I don't think we needed it. I think we were fine. I don't know why we're doing this, but we were hanging out. Know. Was that last week? Last week yeah. we hung out in real life person in New York City in the beginning of smog, smog fest. And you texted that to me while I was on the train and my fiance had just shown it to me on the train. And I was like, oh, yeah. I can't wait to bring this up. And then I almost forgot. So thank God you did. Yeah, you don't need this. It's OK. And the the tweet was smells like potential. Oh, and that's that was, so that much was better than what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. Where it goes to is everything's ambiguous. It's all ambiguous. And we OK, don't so need- let's say out of the three that we just did, which one do you think is bound to have a spinoff? Because one of them has to. I don't think it's going to be Barry. Oh, no. Barry's Barry's done and dead and over. Okay. I think I'm going to I'm going to back up a second. Do you, do you remember what my, what my prediction for Ted Lasso was? All right. Before the last episode? No, I mean, I, before the last before, before the one we recorded? No, no, no. Like for the one we recorded, like what my like. Because we talked about like, oh, it's it's a it's it's basically a series finale, although they're not calling it that. But here's my theory on what they're going to do. Well, didn't you say that it was going to be a spinoff on Ted Lasso? No, Ted Lasso. Well, my theory was and still is because this still this still fits into that box is they're going to do like a Christmas special or like a one off. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Special. I, they didn't say spinoff. They didn't say they just said smells like potential. And it's a shot of the three of them. And I think that still fits with the theory of like, it could just be like it's a little mini movie animatronic Chewbacca's in it. Is it? Cause that was something I can't unsay. I will say you do know that there was a Ted Lasso Christmas special when claymation, right? No, you didn't know that. No. Okay. There, I haven't seen it either. No. I thought it was just that one episode where they just did the opening scene with all of them in claymation. So it's it's called the the missing Christmas mustache. It's like a little mini. It's not a full episode. It's not a full special. It's just like a five minute little cartoon. 
well, claymation animation, but okay. so it exists out there. You can watch All right, that. Well, I'm going to watch it. So I don't even know what our next episode is going to be then. I don't know. We're going to have to, we have because we just abandoned ship on something. <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth, I mean, I'll just say it now. I don't care anymore. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. But you know what? Look, my son is an actor and he was in a scene in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and they cut him out. So I'm yeah, so I was excited out. of it about it pre that. And then the episode aired and I was like, ew, fuck them. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> okay. we have other stuff lined up. We'll, we'll we do. Just, we'll we do. We do. Stuff in there. We have plenty of stuff for the summer. Yeah. That wraps absolutely. it up. That wraps up season finales. Season series finales. finales. Series finales. Yeah. Although um, apparently Ted Lasso may or may not be. We don't yeah. know. But yeah. But it was it was an exciting last week of May, you know, just to qual- everyone to qualify for Emmys, which, by the way, does that mean that Ted Lasso doesn't or he did because he ended on it was still it wasn't. June. Oh, yes, yet. yes, yes. Yeah, it was yeah. not June. If that's what they were aiming for, I will say, I mean, I think Succession's going to just clean pick them up, up. Yeah. eat the lunch. Yeah. I will say though, I, I hope Barry gets a nod somewhere. I any hope actor. so too. Even, I'll if, take anything. even if it's directing. But it, I don't care. You, Just take anything. Yeah. 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 Agreed. I feel like Succession's gonna clean up in a lot of the categories like best actor, best actress, and best drama, right? I think there's potential for Barry to pick up something like, you know, best I don't I don't know. We have to look at all the categories, but Probably more like the mechanical kind of mm-hmm, like best mm-hmm. director kind of, you know, I don't know if they even do that for director for a TV series. Do they? I don't know. I'll look at anyway. And but, do we think Ted Lasso has a chance? I mean. But they have cleaned up before. Like they really have. Right. Anna Waddingham a, won like best supporting actress. Like yeah. they've cleaned up. But so. it, well, literally like the last award show, it won outstanding comedy series. It won best best comedy series. You know what we should talk about at some point? Can we talk about this, Tom? Uh, White House Plumbers, which really got fucked because oh. of COVID and then pushed because of, like, kind of just buried because of Barry yeah. and Succession <laughs> and Ted Lasso. Yeah. But supposed to be incredible and was shot all around our town. So I watched the first episode. Yeah. I haven't watched any more. By the way, to bring it back for the, you know, 2022 uh, Emmys. Okay. The nominees were Abbott Elementary. This is for uh, Best Comedy Series. Great show. Uh, Abbott Elementary, uh, Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, Only Murders in the Building, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and What We Do in the Shadows. All great shows. And then Ted Lasso won for that, which again, for 2022, I agree with. Pretty good. Now going back the year prior, it also won Best Comedy Series. That was against Blackish, Cobra Kai, uh, Emily in Paris, Hacks, Pen15, The Flight Attendant, and The Kaminsky Method, which The Flight Attendant was a comedy? Is that- I, the Emily in Paris is not a comedy. It's like a... Yeah. It's like mine and your wife's favorite show to eat pasta to. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And also Shit's Creek one before that. Yeah, it fucking yeah. did. We're going to talk about that when Tom watches it. In Tom's defense, I think next maybe we should do... What have I what's been your favorite? Or? What's your favorite comedy that you've been telling me? Oh, oh man, I think you should leave. Okay. How long does it take me to get through it? Can I oh, do it in a week? Like you could do it like between Today? now and, and the by the time I finish talking. Yeah, no, okay. it's easy. All right. And the higher I'm you in. are, the better. Uh, Perfect. Not that you need it, I'm not but- gonna get donor episode level high, but yeah, no, I'm in. No, yeah, that show is great. And I'm surprised you haven't seen it all wait, from wait, wait. TikTok. I'll save that for our um 
I should do we should do that one the night that I stay over at your house I know that sounds yes. very strange people I will be hanging out with his son his wife is about yeah. to be my family so I'll try to okay well it's very strange we're like at our next sleepover town <laughs> I love adult sleepovers they're so yeah, much they're fun. fun but yeah okay so we'll alright I'm in alright alright guys we'll see you soon and I said bye bye goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.